You're listening to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast, powered by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce and regional leaders like Workers Credit Union. Achieve your dreams the workers' way. The business world is more competitive than ever, and running a business has never been more challenging. The North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce is here to help with trusted resources, a strong business network, and a support system to keep your business and North Central Massachusetts moving forward. We invite you to join the nationally recognized North Central Massachusetts Chamber today. Call 978-353-7600 or visit northcentralmass.com. Hello and welcome to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Travis Condon here along with my co-host Kat Deal. We're coming to you live from the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce offices today at 860 South Street. In our building, you'll also find the office for EDS. And joining us today, the principal of EDS, we have Glenn Fossa. Glenn, how are you? I'm doing well, Travis. It's good to be here. Well, glad to have you here. Glenn, when you come into the chamber building and you get to your office, you see these big letters on the glass right there, EDS. What does EDS stand for? So uh, we hunted around for the right fit for the title of the company uh, when we began, and it was Executive Diversified Services. And essentially, uh, it tells the story about um, what we do insofar as we offer a number of different services to business, uh, law firms, and of course, private clients. So let's get into some of those services. Just kind of a broad overview. What exactly does EDS do? So coming off the back of uh, the better part of 34 years in law enforcement, um, albeit uh, doing investigations and uh, security consultations with uh, folks in the uh, in the city of Fitchburg and greater Worcester County area uh, as part of like task forces and things like that. We took those skill sets that were learned over a period of time and uh, delved into the land of investigations, private security client uh, advisory, and uh, and of course services that serve both the legal profession and private clients. You know, Glenn, I've had the chance to talk to you and we've talked about doing some programming, which we're going to do as well. Um, But you have a very different background than just security. Um, We've had many discussions about Subarus and you come from such a long history. Can you talk about some of the other jobs that you've done? I mean, we're talking like Cars, TV, radio, security, police force. Yeah, well, we'd like to say they're all different, but they're really very much together and they're very much connected if you want to connect them. Uh, Police officers spend a a lot of their time in an automobile, so you might as well get to know them a little bit. But my dad was in the car business, and for me not to be involved with automobiles and antiques and and things like that um, would have left his legacy behind, and we kind of keep that alive for him. Uh, and, of course, we enjoy it. We're car people. So in terms of uh, being aware of uh, a, a number of different disciplines, we can bring that all together sometimes uh, in the work that we do, uh, whether it's uh, assisting in an estate uh, where there may be some assets uh, that we need to either value or find the right people to value them, or Uh, as you had mentioned, uh, television, radio, the very engagement of the community, whether it's at large or individually. And Glenn, you have an extensive background in law enforcement. I know you started off in college uh, working in law enforcement. Did you ever see yourself 
parlaying from police work into owning your own small business? So I always sold automobiles on the side mm-hmm. uh, as a as a side uh, business. It got you away from the daily work in police work uh, and did something that I love to do. Mm-hmm. And whether or not we were successful with it has you know yet to be yet to be known. <laughs> but we sure enjoyed the travel through it. And of course, um, there's so many folks, and, and America was built on the back of the automobile industry. So in terms of in terms of you know having a lot of fun with it, mm-hmm. that's really what it was about. Um, yeah, kind of moving on. But parlaying that law enforcement skill into a, a business that involves investigations and involves security, did you see that on the horizon when you were in the police department, or was it you retired and were kind of thinking, "What's my next step?" Yeah. So, so many folks uh, in our d- discipline will generally either go into some sort of private consultation for security work, investigations. But that brings us right to where we are today at the North Central Mass Chamber. And I came to an event that you guys had uh, shortly before I retired. And there was an office space open here. And I walked out and I said, I have to have that office. And I think I will go down this road of, you know, opening a private security and investigative firm. So uh, as luck would have it, um, myself and Detective uh, Jim Achapretti, who uh, was with me that day on a, on a Worcester County Fraudulent Check Association uh, program that you guys were running, um, I did exactly that. I approached your folks, and, uh, and we, we began the office about six years ago. So I actually had the office before I left uh, the department, but I was sitting waiting until the time came, and, and of course it did. And we're, we're really... Not so surprised, but um, six years into the flight is pretty much a proven uh, time element for any private business, whether you're selling hot dogs or whether you're doing a a security uh, company. So uh, we're we're pleased with the proven concept, and we're really pleased uh, that the business has taken off. So what all does EDS offer? Like I've talked to you about several of the things, but I know there's so much more that I don't even know about. Yeah, and of course, uh, for some of that, um, we lack a a big public rollout um, because we do offer private services for clients, whether it's in the the private client group or law offices. So typically, the majority of our work is gathering uh, information uh, to prove probate cases. Uh, In some cases, we've reviewed criminal cases for defense or for a plaintiff who may be encountering a probate matter uh, post-event. And then we offer uh, that information up to either the client directly or their uh, representation. And we do represent about uh, eight uh, local law offices for clients, and we're pleased with that relationship, and they're pleased with the work generally. So uh, we think we've proven the concept. In addition to that, we just picked up constable services, um, we do limited um, constable services both for that law group and some private clients. And then ultimately we do uh, advisory, and that is uh, you have a small business and you may be concerned about most recent events and you want to know how to keep both your staff, your uh, customer base, and general public safe, uh, whether they're using your facility, visiting, or having a an emergency plan. And that emergency plan can be anywhere from uh, something that happens at the establishment 
something as simple as a as a small uh, fire or a uh, uh, even a, a water pipe that might be burst, uh, or up to and including an unwanted uh, visitor, and uh, and how to respond to that, and in general, how to keep yourself safe coming and going from work each day. So, Glenn, if a business contacts you and they want to evaluate their safety and and figure out what they should be doing differently, what's that process look like for getting involved with EDS? We are a big advocate of prevention. Mm-hmm. So we start from the outside and move in. And I'm glad you asked that question, uh, Travis, because one of the points I wanted to make today is we'll have a conversation with a client or a an, a, an organization, a number of the representatives from the organization, and they'll say, well, we're going to upgrade our camera system. Cameras are great, and with no offense meant, uh, they're great on the 6 o'clock news. If the television station's showing the tragic event, you've got a great recording of that event. But unless somebody's actually watching cameras in real time, there's no preventative side of that. So we do advocate for the newest adver- you know, advertisements that you'll see online and, uh, and on television where there's real-time monitoring of the activity that's taking place. And one thing that cameras can be equipped with is what they call proximity monitoring or proximity detection. And what that simply means is, particularly off hours, if the camera detects activity, it can alert someone. And uh, that, too, can can take place uh, during the day as well if you have somebody dedicated to that process. I take, uh, I take it very seriously on the prevention aspect. I worked many years ago uh, in 1980 for a, a private security uh, organization that had government contracts, and they had proximity detection on their cameras, and they were real-time viewed by staff. However, very important to note that they would rotate that staff through every 20 minutes because you could be looking at a television monitor and not see activity after 20 minutes. It becomes a blank slate. So it's very real. Uh, We take it very seriously. And getting to the central core of your question, prevention from the outside in. So whether it would be, you know, 860 South Street or or a small inner city uh, business or establishment, we first look at what do you have in the front end and around the building that's vulnerable. And then we would move sort of into the access ports of that building and how are they monitored, how are they secured, and then lastly, inside. And just in terms of experience, you know, we did surveys on uh, public and and, uh, private buildings here in the city uh, shortly after 9-11 for obvious reasons. And those same tenets are kept today uh, in terms of doing uh, security risk assessment. What are some of the big changes in security for businesses, small or large, that came since, let's just say, in your six years, but has anything changed over the last two and a half years since the pandemic where we had, you know, a lot of people moving out of brick and mortar, but now they're moving back in? Yeah, and for obvious reasons, right? Because we really did find that the human dynamic was something that we missed greatly. So I think the greatest thing that we took away from it was, once again, technology uh, advances gave us uh, a more affordable and more comprehensive ability to secure our our uh, organizations and our buildings, and and of course they're much more affordable than ever before because the technology has made it possible for more and more people to engage, and whether it's camera and 
proximity detection or lighting, for instance. Uh, I think one of the biggest advances is the ability to go to a local uh, retail distributor. Uh, not sure if I'm restricted on this, but here we go, Walmart. And for $25, you can buy a solar-powered motion detector light. You don't even have to plug it in. And that I can't say enough about. It's the concept that if I'm discovered doing something wrong or intend to do something wrong, that is the biggest prevention piece that you can have. What's your opinion of the invention and the everyone absolutely gravitating towards stuff like ring cameras? So ring cameras are beneficial. Um, of course, they do real-time monitoring and they will let you know what's happening uh, in real time so that you can, even if you're at work, you can call the police, say there's three people on my porch and I have no idea who <laughs> they are. Um, and then there's some other parts of real-time monitoring that folks have to realize it could be in the public domain and uh, law officials could subpoena the record if they needed to to solve a crime. Some people are uncomfortable with that. It's really how we would protect a society. But there's a fine line between how much do we want to monitor daily activity of our neighbors and our strangers that may come and go, and then, of course, our own you know, family members that come and go as, as they do. So it's, it's a balance. I do advocate for a limited uh, real-time uh, monitoring, but you could get into a situation where you wished you hadn't done it. And I know that is a big question, and I think for a lot of folks that see this thing, and whether they're, it's their home or their business, there is that fine line that you mentioned of, do I want everything seen, or do I, do I want to maintain some sense of privacy, and what am I willing to give up for that? If folks aren't willing to kind of give up that level of privacy, you mentioned lights, but are there other tips and things that they can, can do that will also be effective? Yeah, and that's a great, that's a great point uh, to make, Travis, because um, if we're old enough to have remembered the book 1984, mm-hmm. and then, of course, the typical uh, term that's used, Orwellian society, it certainly is a balance. The things that really come down to everyday security in our personal and sort of family travel is just being aware and being alert. And oftentimes with today's technologies, telephones, uh, iPads, iPods, um, you know, music devices, we can get distracted from what's going on around us. Also, if you're out and about, display confidence, whether you're traveling from one location to another, display that you're really paying attention uh, around you. And you can oftentimes uh, sort of prevent sort of... um, what might be a public attack or or, uh, what we've sometimes seen on the 6 o'clock news. Wear shoes and clothing that doesn't restrict your free movement. Keep your hands free whenever possible. Um, Be very aware if you're using your cell phone in in public not to be too distracted by that. Trust your instincts. That comes from the time you were a small child Mm -hmm. that you can kind of tell when something just doesn't feel right and trust those instincts. Don't be afraid to ask for help even if, if it's from a stranger. We see uh, on the news every single night, folks may or may not feel it's anybody else's business. Your personal safety is everybody's business. Guide your personal effects. Be very concerned about leaving information around uh, that might lead to someone knowing your schedule or uh, better yet, where you live and the fact that you're there in that p- particular location. But your home address Obviously, you're not at home at the time because they can see where you live. Travel with a friend whenever possible. That is always great. 
information. If we look back to the old days of walking to and from school, uh, we always did it in a group. Right now, we are going to take a quick break on the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. We come back, we'll continue our conversation with Glenn Fossa from EDS here at 860 South Street in Fitchburg. Why should your business be a member of the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce? It's actually quite simple. The Chamber is dedicated to protecting and promoting the local business community. Our primary goals? To advance the region, help business owners network and grow, and to advocate on behalf of the business community. Joining the Chamber makes good business sense. We invite you to join the nationally recognized North Central Massachusetts Chamber today. Call 978-353-7600 or visit northcentralmass.com. Welcome back to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast and from the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce, Travis here along with Kat Deal. We're coming to you from 860 South Street today as we chat with Glenn Fossa, the principal of EDS. Now, Glenn, you mentioned keeping your personal information, addresses and patterns and things like that, kind of trying to keep that out of the public eye. And I know we mentioned uh, video cameras, but also social media. Oh, big time. Is, uh, yeah. is, is I feel like a lot of people's lives are out there kind of for everybody to see, whether it's where you live, yeah. things that you have in your home. Absolutely. So should people really be cognizant of what they have in terms of their apps and permissions and, and things that they're posting? Yeah. So at the risk of being sued by Mark Zuckerberg or anybody else that stands <laughs> to profit from this, uh, I do have to tell you, uh, limited at best, mm-hmm. uh, your, your uh, social footprint. And I do understand it. You get to communicate with somebody nearly across the nation or across the world, uh, share with them grandchildren photographs uh, or the most recent activity. And and today we even know you can have a live shot of your grandson's home run. But there's a cost to that. And the cost is if someone's looking into your life, they're certainly getting all of the information. So there is tremendous you know, exposure to that. And, and if you were a private client, you came in and you said, I just really want to be more secure in my life. We are going to advise about limited social media contact. Uh, if it's professional in nature and you need to do it, uh, we totally understand that. And there are ways to secure that. Um, that may take a half a day to talk about. Yeah. I know one of the easiest things they always say is post after the fact, right? Like if you're out somewhere, if you're on vacation or if you're doing something, post that you were there afterwards. So nobody knows that, hey, my house is open right now. Yeah, we've had family discussions about that. <laughs> uh, we'll, you know, from time to time, we might be in Florida or Maine or, or on vacation somewhere. And uh, that's uh, Glenn's role of the day is uh, let's tell everybody about it after we're back. Um, but it's, it's also uh, telltale about your family members around you. So um, you, you really have to be concerned about that. Uh, I, I can honestly say that Having two children of my own, they've done really well with the social media warning. I would say as devil's advocate on the other side and not saying I'm on which side I'm on. But it's interesting because I feel like the in the advent of everyone has a camera in their pocket. Everyone has a phone in their pocket and you're on social media that that has helped, however, in some instances um, with preventing, because you can say, I'm calling 911 right now. You're being videotaped. That's very popular right now to videotape everybody. So has there been any positiveness on that side of it where the whole world has a camera and we're filming everything that there's something that can come out of that? Kat, you're absolutely right on. And if I were to put it on a number line of are we better uh, with the technology from zero to 10, 
We are at nine with the new technologies. In my police career, I can tell you at least in two instances, we saved women from attack by tracing the exact location in real time to a cell phone. So uh, unequivocally, we are better off with the technology that we have. It's like everything, it has to be balanced out. Right, yeah. right. You either share or you don't. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, you're talking about you can see your grandkids' home run right there. But, yeah, you're also seeing all the cars in the parking lot and all those license plates and all the people that are there as well. It's like such a balance, like with anything. I want to get back to the conversation around workplaces because in the beginning you mentioned um, assessing workplaces for you know break-ins and things like that. But there's also instances that can happen when staff – is at the workplace, whether it's one staffer who's there a little bit later on the day or you're dealing with a full office staff, something can happen at any time. And what should businesses be thinking about when it comes to staff safety on that regard? Well, that's a great point, Travis, and you're absolutely right that there are a number of just simple steps and it does not cost a lot of money. This is the first thing that happens when you know, principals of, of company CEOs are looking at the, at the bottom line and the budget line item. It doesn't cost very much at all to have an assessment. And those assessments generally will look at things like natural surveillance. What is natural surveillance? It's turning a desk that a young lady or young man who works in the front end of the business so that they actually see the parking lot during the regular course of their daily work. And just like the peripheral where you reach down to change the uh, – audio in your, in your automobile, this peripheral vision that, that allows you not to collide with the vehicle in front of you. That same kind of concept is natural surveillance. So it's so important that your front-end personnel are not only trained, and that, that can happen as well, you know, th- th- those are easy. Uh, once again, not getting into the retail environment of it, but the Fred Pryor uh, seminars that you can go to for $139, better securing your front-end, things like that give you the, the edge and the opportunity to prevent prevention, calling in the, the uh, response to that early so that a tragedy doesn't happen, and taking the time to just pay attention each and every day to what's going on in and around your, your uh, business. Then there's, of course, the social element. Is someone in your circle, in your staff, um, troubled? Is something going on that should raise a red flag? We've all sort of taken the tact from one time or another to ignore uh, behaviors that we may really regret ignoring until something tragic happens. And that's really the story, is making that extra effort to go the distance, look at everything around you, whether it's the physical element or the social element at work, and then taking it seriously enough to do something about it. So I'm just curious. I'm a small business owner, and and I and I say that I want to talk about the small businesses because I would say that they probably think that they have the least access to have a good, a robust security system. What's the first thing a small business should do besides contacting you? What's the first thing they should be looking at in terms of this is going to help keep me more secure, whether it's open or closed. Yeah, it's over 100 years, right? Mm-hmm. Well lit, uh, sort of a secure facility insofar as your vulnerabilities, simple locks, a very analog approach to security. We still uh, celebrate that. Um, in your daily walk, even if you've got two people or you're only maybe a single individual, 
um, in their business, as small as a micro-micro business or as big as 500 employees. Let somebody know where you're going if you're traveling out. Uh, always park in a well-lit area. Is your, is your parking lot lit at night if you've got folks working after hours? Stay near people or have the buddy system that we kind of alluded to mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, if there's cash on premises, it should be limited. And if it's important enough to have cash on, on hand, is it secure? Right. Um, for young ladies or even men that carry a, a valise or a bag, uh, keep it close to your body. If you're wearing a wallet, and this was handed down to me three generations in our family, uh, either in your front pocket or in a breast pocket, yep. have keys in your hand um, before you reach your car or while traveling. Keys can actually be used to defend yourself uh, if you if you so desire. Um, seasonal crime trends. It, it's a great time to talk about this because we're coming up on the holiday season. It's a time when... People are vulnerable Mm -hmm. because populations in retail areas increase. Therefore, there's a vulnerability and an opportunity. Remember that typically folks involved in crime take advantage of opportunity. If the attacker has a weapon, if if you're in a situation and now you've gotten to the point where you're under attack and he wants your money or possessions, give it to them Mm -hmm. and let them go. Those things can be replaced. Sometimes human... Injury or, you know, tragedy cannot always be mitigated. And sometimes it, it always can't be fixed. And that's why we, we get very passionate about that. Never panic. Keep your wits about you. If you have to practice that, uh, do it with a family member, do it with a coworker, and then always have a plan. And immediately report crime to police. Over the 40 years I've been involved in police and security work, frequently we'll hear, well, it was just my son's bike. The garage door was open. I didn't call anybody. Well, 60 other bicycles got stolen within that week. The police would have known about it had you called and had the next-door neighbor called and probably put an end to whatever was going on. So we're just reserved, quiet people generally in our society. Sometimes we have to really let people know what's going on. Yeah. Now, when you're in a stressful situation where a crime or an attack is happening, what are some descriptions or, or, or things that people really need to pay attention to with the suspect or the perpetrator, like what are the biggest details that'll help solve that crime afterwards? I know you're in a stressful situation, but what are some things that people should think, I need to pay attention to this, this, and that, because that's going to help down the road? Sure. And that has always been a big point of discussion. Um, You can interview six folks uh, who witnessed an incident happen, and you'll get seven different descriptions, if that makes any sense. But really... um, you're a particular height, you know your height, you know your weight, you know your size, really kind of look at that person in the sense that he's bigger than I, he's smaller than I, he's taller, he's shorter. Um, there any kind of particular particularities about them. Did they walk a particular way? Did they run a particular way? Did they sound a particular way? All of that's very important to law enforcement. And then, of course, the biggest part, keeping yourself safe. Um, Kenny Rogers said, know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run. And uh, there's that's good advice. That is good advice. So I know you've been doing this for a really long time in terms of uh, security, but before that in the police department. What is one story, without giving anything away, but what is the, the craziest security story that you just wish you had been able to be there before to help them prevent it? 
Yeah, prevention is, once again, I'm glad you mentioned that, Kat, because prevention is everything. And to point to one particular story, uh, I guess, would, would have to go back really into the, the police realm and giving advice to a particular individual about getting out of a particular relationship um, where there was a romantic dynamic to it, uh, but inevitably ended in tragedy. And sometimes it's heeding the advice of others as well. So whether they're security or police professionals or family members who truly are looking out for the best interest of that other individual, mm -hmm. it's heeding the advice. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, it's heartwarming that we've had conversations even locally uh, as close as this particular building. And when folks make a change in something because they heeded the advice of someone who really has nothing to profit more than just the safety of those around you. Uh, one of the things that we mentioned, uh, because in taking care of yourself or defending yourself in a would-be situation, it's often brought up about weaponry, right? Do I arm myself, which would be the highest level of, of uh, defense, I guess you could call it. But inevitably with that comes a huge responsibility. And that is a personal decision for someone to make as to whether they would want to go to that nth degree. One of the things we talk about is tripling the number of fire extinguishers in your institution, in your building, because it's a huge opportunity that's readily available and it does a really good job at fending off somebody. I would have never yeah. thought of that. Yeah. Never looked at that. I'll never look at one the same now. And for those who are listening, we've been chatting with Glenn Fossey. He's the principal with EDS. That's Executive Diversified Services at 860 South Street. You can find him right inside the chamber building. Uh, you can see his office with the big EDS sign. Now, Glenn, if folks are looking to talk to you about you know, their own security for themselves, their family, their business, or if they're a law office and they have questions about the other services that you provide, how do they get in touch with you? Sure. So it's really simple. Uh, phone number is 978-345-7770. And uh, we do appreciate the phone call. Uh, I think the biggest thing or the biggest takeaway is that don't be afraid to call. Uh, this isn't about starting the clock and charging you money to learn what you need to do to best secure your organization, protect your staff and yourself and your family. This is really about a passion uh, in this business to make your life tomorrow and in the future that much easier and that much more peaceful going into the future. So that if you have anxiety or an interest in keeping your family security uh, in your organization, just making a safer place, don't hesitate to call. And frankly, most uh, clients are really surprised that it doesn't cost a lot of money to have a consultation. And that phone number one more time? 978-345-7770. Glenn, thank you so much for talking personal and uh, business security and safety with us today. It's an important topic. A lot of people don't think about it until it's too late. And we hope that uh, those listening out there will call and get some good advice from EDS and Glenn Fossa. Well, Kat, thank you, and thank you, Travis, and thanks to the Chamber uh, going on six years as a member, and I do have to say you guys do a great job as well. Well, thank, thank you, you so much, and we're happy to have you here in our building. feel a little bit safer knowing you're right around the corner. That's right. Travis Condon, Glenn Fossa, my co-host, Kat Deal. You've been listening to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast.
You've been listening to Inside North Central Massachusetts. This podcast is produced by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. For more information on this episode, links to other episodes, or if you have any questions, please visit northcentralmass.com.